Welcome to the CBR Podcast. My name is DJ. I'm the lead pastor at Imago Day Church in Southeast LA. This podcast uh, partners with something called Community Bible Reading, CBR. And as you can find more about that online, uh, you can Google that if you don't know. You can download the app. It's a daily Bible reading plan uh, that helps us read the scriptures as a community together. This podcast, creating it, I know a lot of people uh, are in kind of isolation, social distancing, keeping to yourself uh, as the coronavirus uh, seems to be spreading. And so we want to encourage you uh, to be in the Word of God. And so this podcast takes uh, one of the chapters of the daily reading, and I'm going to quickly walk through with a couple notes just to help give some understanding as you read. And then there's four questions that the CBR has you process in prayer with the Lord. And I'm just going to give some, some thoughts of how we might process that together. Okay? So today we're in Romans chapter 3. The way the book of Romans works is it's a letter that Paul's writing to the church in Rome. And he begins in chapter 1 uh, by uh, talking about how the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And he says, we are without excuse um, because what is known about God is plain to us. It's, it's written for us that, that we ought to obey and worship and acknowledge God, but we've exchanged the truth for a lie. And we've worshiped and served creature rather than creator. That's chapter one. And he is, in a sense, um, putting charges on all of humanity, saying, hey, we know the truth, and yet we suppress it because we don't want to worship God. We worship other things. And then in chapter 2, he takes his eyes off the world at large and speaks specifically uh, to the Jewish people. And he says, uh, You who teach others, do you not teach yourself while you preach against stealing? Do you steal when you say that you must not commit adultery? Do you do you commit adultery? The Jewish people had a special relationship with God, and he's saying— um, there's no difference here either. And his point, moving into chapter 3, verse 9, he says, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin as it is written. Here's his point. And he quotes uh, the psalm. He says, None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. He's building this point to say, and I'm going to slow down. If you have your Bible open as you listen, I'm in Romans chapter 3. He slows down to say this in verse 21. Uh, the righteousness of God has been manifested, that's revealed, apart from the law. That's the law given to Moses. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. They, they, they foreshadow it, they tell of it, but righteousness is not found there. Uh, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. That's where he's building to. I'll get there in a second. Here's the slowdown. For there is no distinction for all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I fall short, you fall short, your grandma falls short, 
all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's his point he's building. He's saying, okay, if there's hope, if there's salvation, if there's redemption, it can't be found in yourself. Where is it found? And right here is one of those beautiful passages in Scripture, Romans 3, uh, 22 through 26. I mean, this is the heart of the gospel. If all have fallen short of the glory of God, how is it that we're made righteous? And it's this, verse 24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. That word justified in verse 24 means to be counted righteous. And so he says, all have sinned, but you are counted righteous by grace as a gift. There's a righteousness, there's a, a, um, a right standing with God that is gifted to you, that on your own, you can't stand before God. You can't boast. There's nothing that you have to prove your goodness. You are part of that. No one is good. No, not one. And yet when you stand before God, you are counted righteous. How? It's a gift. Well, what is that gift? It's the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So that, that word redemption means to be bought back. And so the idea is that in Christ Jesus, somehow, we don't know how yet, but somehow in Christ Jesus, he has taken us from a place of judgment to a place of righteous standing. So he's saying, hey, we're justified. You are righteous. That's your standing. It's a gift of kindness, of grace, undeserved. Okay, what is that gift? It's redemption in Christ Jesus. So you have been brought, bought out by Christ. Okay, so how does that work? And now he spells it out, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. That word propitiation is is idea of, of sacrifice. It's talking about the cross and the death of Christ, specifically the crucifixion of Jesus, that on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for your sin completely and fully. That the wrath of God was put on Jesus in your place. And so there is no wrath, there's no judgment for you. It's been covered and cleansed. Jesus has taken your place. And so, since he has taken your place, you're tied together with him. That's the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You're no longer uh, uh, enslaved to your sin. You're no longer unrighteous. Instead, working it, its way back up, you are justified. You are now counted righteous. And then he says something really interesting. He says, this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. And, and what he's saying is part of what the, the death of Christ accomplished is not just yours and my sins, but it's also the sins of humanity past, present, and future. God's forbearance, he had passed over former sins. He had pronounced forgiveness. The example I think of is, is of King David who uh, committed adultery, maybe uh, you might even call it rape, with Bathsheba who was uh, married to Uriah. So he, commi he, he commits that sin and then he conspires to murder Uriah. 
crazy, heinous sin, um, he cries out, Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Blot out my transgressions. Forgive me of my sin. And God does. And that's this beautiful picture if you're thinking of it from David's perspective. But if you imagine you're like Uriah's dad, you're Bathsheba's dad, mom, sister, brother, and you're like, wait a second. This king takes advantage, he works, he conspires, and then he says he's sorry and he's forgiven. How does that work? And that's, how is God righteous if he's forgiving people's sins like that? And he's saying this is to show God's righteous because in his divine forbearance, even for David, he was looking ahead to the cross and saying, your sins will be paid for. I'm, I'm, I'm covering it. Verse 26, it was to show God's righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. You see, through the death of Christ, God's justice, his place as judge remains because he does judge sin. God does not just let sin go unpunished. God does not just let sin fall through the cracks. If you've been sinned against, um, if you have sinned against someone, God doesn't just say, oh, that wasn't that big a deal. He, he brings judgment, but God is also in grace the justifier as well. He makes a way for those who would experience judgment to also be counted righteous. It's the beautiful mystery of God. The beautiful story of the gospel is that God is both just and justifier of the one who has faith. So then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. There, there's no place for anyone to boast before God. I don't justify myself. I don't justify myself. I, I, we, there is no place for boasting. My boasting is in Christ and Christ alone. And Paul picks up the argument, he takes it on from there, but let's just, let's pause there and let's, let's think through the questions of the CBR. The first is, hey, what do we see about God uh, that we can adore him for, that we can praise him? What is, what draws our attention? And there's a, a couple things here. I mean, uh, it says that we are justified by his grace as a gift. So God is, is gracious. We didn't deserve, we don't have a place of boasting, but he's been kind to us. We are we stand condemned, and yet we are not because he's gracious. We also see that he is just. God does not allow sin to go unpunished. God is not, uh, in that sense, weak-willed. He, he is working out uh, justice. And he's also the justifier. He's a God of works who has accomplished great things. He has uh, brought about salvation. It is not a might or a maybe. Salvation is something that is accomplished and finished by Christ. And so you can use words like justified in a past tense. It's a reality, not a might or a maybe, because God is gracious, and he's a justifier, and he's just, and he's righteous. He says also his divine forbearance. He, he's, he knows the future. He's able to work ahead of time. He works out his plan and accomplishes it. This is a beautiful picture of our God. And the second question is, in light of the truth of the passage, what can we confess? I think that's the easiest thing to confess here is just simply, um, I am, is, is to find yourself in Romans 3.23, all have sinned, to find 
ourselves in verse 10 and 11 and 12 to, to recognize our need for salvation. I, I, I can read those words and I can agree in my heart. Um, but then when I think no one is righteous, I, I think I can compare myself to other people and think that I am righteous. What becomes of our boasting, it is excluded, it says in verse 27, and yet I often do boast. I can think of that. And, and I just need to recognize my state before God. I am indicted by chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3, and I need salvation to come from outside of myself. And the third point of prayer is thanksgiving. It's to say, okay, how can we celebrate the way that God has provided and brought um, salvation? And uh, the reality is, is as I'm just saying, yeah, I, I need provision outside of myself. And this scripture is not me making it up. It's the Bible telling me so that God has made provision in Christ Jesus, whom he put forward as a propitiation, that Jesus received judgment in my place. And by faith, when I say that's my Lord, that's my King, that's what I deserve, that's where I belong, that's who I'm tying, that's who I'm tied together with, then I am forgiven, I am, uh, uh, the, the, the punishment has been taken and I can live in freedom. I am justified. I'm justified. I'm declared righteous. And even though I don't have that in, of, in and of myself, it's not something that I produce in and of myself. It comes from outside of me. It's put on me. It's a declaration from God about me. I am counted righteous. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Even now, um, in the midst of everything going on in our world, and fears that are rising, and selfish motives rising in my heart, and I see sin at work in my inner being, and I confess that it's, I can recognize uh, that those things aren't going to be shaping my eternal destiny, but rather it's the forgiveness of God, His work that shapes uh, and, and, and motivates my life, which then leads to the last thing of supplication of prayer and request. And I'll just bring this to a place of prayer. And it would be this, God, in light of all these things, may I never think too highly of myself. Instead, may I make much of Jesus, uh, lifting him high, seeing your righteousness and your grace. May I not trust in myself, but trust in you. And God, would that work its way through my life? God, would you help me to see others, not in comparison to me, better or worse than me, but God, every person stands in need of you, and you, God, are a God of grace, and a God of justice, and a God of who justifies, and so God, would you save, would you use me to tell others, and God, as we live in this world, uh, coronavirus, everything's spreading, God, would you uh, help us um, to see uh, that you are a God who's at work, that even in the darkness of sin, you have wrought salvation, that you see ahead of time and make a plan and work, that you, you, you've, you've decreed and you've been working um, since before creation uh, to accomplish your purposes. And so even now, as our world seems chaotic uh, and, and we're afraid, God, we know from the way that you've brought about eternal salvation that you are at work now. Your, your way is not hidden from us in the midst of this. And so we praise you, God. Send us uh, to the world uh, with bearing the, the, the good news that we have in Christ. Amen. All right, guys. Catch you later. Bye.